Hey guys, welcome and thank you for tuning in to today's podcast as we are journeying through the New Testament of God's awesome word, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And we are at Romans chapter 8. Before I get into Romans chapter 8, the reading of Romans, um, I want to give a huge shout out to, first and foremost, I want to say that I'm very thankful that people are tuning in to hear God's word. And I am thankful that I get to bring it to many of you. And I take that very serious and I try to deliver God's word as accurately and um, as I as I personally know how, and I want to say that I'm being listened to in the U.S., Japan, Brazil, Mexico, United Kingdom, Italy, Philippines, Canada, and Australia. Um, and thank you guys, thank you so much. And I just want to encourage you wherever you're at in your life to continue to read God's Word, spend quiet time alone with Him. And I'm telling you, God delights in seeing His children read His Word. Um, and continue on with that. But we are getting ready to get into one of the most powerful chapters that has inspired my walk with Christ. Um, and I know for a fact that it will inspire you as well. Um, before doing that, I want to fall back real quick into chapter 7. I'm going to start in Romans 7 before I begin chapter 8. And I just want to give a re-wrap uh, wrap. Um, just in case you're tuning in, you did not get Romans chapter 7 because a lot of God's Word ties together. I know it's broken down chapters um, and verses, but really God's Word is one letter. Um, and the more you read it, the more larger portions you begin to take in, um, you're going to gain a, a bigger revelation of Jesus Christ. And that's what God's Word does is it reveals Jesus Christ. But I want to fall back because Paul talks about a struggle with sin. And this, this struggle with sin we all have. And, and we're going to find out through this chapter, the end of chapter 7, on through chapter 8, we're going to find the freedom. And we're going to find a solution to this problem of sin that is, is causing so much destruction in all of our lives. And many times we don't even know why. Okay, but I'm going to start reading Romans chapter 7, verse 14. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is me, for I am too human and a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows and agrees that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It's the sin that is living within me that is doing it. Verse 18, and I know that nothing good lives in me. That is my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing it. It's the sin that is living within me. That does it. Um, verse 21. I have discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Um, and it talks about right there. I'm going to stop in, in Romans 7. But Paul's talking about this war that wages in our lives. And I lived much of my life in that war 
of not wanting to do drugs, not wanting to drink, but continuing to do those things, even though I knew that it was going to result in destruction, um, failed marriage, um, all my relationships just dwindling away, breaking trust, um, and just just destroying so many good things in my life. And I could not control my life. And, and that, that basically is describing what Paul's talking about there, that, that humanity, going back to the garden, um, the fall of man, we were crippled by a disease called sin. And sin runs through the blood of every single human being. It may uh, rear its face or manifest itself in many, many, many different ways through fear, uh, depression, anxiety, um, all, all kinds of shapes, lust, addiction, um, isolation, um, just many, many things. But in the very last verse of chapter 7, Paul says, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, so real quick before I begin Romans 8, which is going to bring so much clarity to this issue that, that all of humanity is facing. That, that is why there is struggles for power and control throughout our world. Um, is It's the sin, the sin nature of humanity. Um, but before I get into that, I wanted to say as you place your faith in Jesus Christ, uh, the Bible clearly tells us that you become a child of God. So if you've truly done that, you are going to use the Word of God, which is the Bible, as a written roadmap um, to guide you, to direct you, to find wisdom, strength. All of that is going to draw from God's Word. And you, through the relationship with you and God's Word, no one can do it for you. You can't learn it secondhand. Don't try to be secondhand fed from church or any of that. Do it for yourself. And once you gain a revelation of Jesus Christ and you grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord, what happens is all of a sudden you start to begin to believe the truth. And now you can see lies. And that is the work of Christ as he breaks the lies that we believe and the destruction that we find ourselves in. He deals with the root because if you change the root, it will change the fruit. So the, the root of the problem is sin. But we can't deal with it in and of ourselves. So Jesus Christ comes to do it. Um, so we're going to see that play out. And I'm going to begin in Romans chapter 8. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads you to death. So right there, very beautiful. Verse 2. Freedom is brought into your life through the Spirit. And now you have power over sin that is controlling your life. That is a very, very important component that you realize quickly in your walk with Jesus Christ that you have power. Now, you have power to make the right decision. You have power to forsake that old life that is destruction, addiction, whatever it looks like for you. Um, maybe it's hiding, lusting, sneaking, um, greed, power, control. It, Like I said, sin has so many faces and, and forms, but you have to identify it. 
Um, but Jesus Christ gives you freedom from that. And we see verse 3, The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body just like us have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. So we see here that there is um, a crosshairs right here in in humanity that, that Jesus died one death once and for all, for all of sin. He provided the atonement and the sacrifice. It dealt with sin's problem forevermore. However, we have to believe in what Christ did. And when we truly um, experience salvation and the Spirit of God comes to live in our hearts, um, we have been made a new creation and the Bible says that we are born again. You can find reference to that in John chapter 3, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and you will start to understand that just as a baby is born, you can be reborn throughout your life and you can find a brand new life with self-control and power to do what is right. Um, verse 5, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So right there in verse 5, we see the word think twice. So what is really cool, and I actually wrote a book about this, but I wrote about eight different areas that I've recognized that that uh, it's personal development that Christ brings to someone's life. So right there in verse 5, we see the word think twice. That references our minds, our brain. Um, that's the intellectual ability of our humanity. So what Christ is going to help you to do is deal with your intellectual ability. He's going to help you with your mind because that's where the war takes place. It's in your mind. And, and the Bible teaches us that we have to renew our mind. Our mind is being renewed in the image of our creator. So once our mind starts to get right, our life will get right. So it's our thoughts. That's where Christ comes to inhabit, is our heart, obviously, and our spirit. But he begins to work on our minds. Um, that is one area that is very, very important is that you start to change the way you think. Because if you change the way you think, you'll change the way you live. A person's behavior is dictated by a person's belief. So your beliefs affect your behavior. Maybe you've never even sat down and figured out what you believe. Um, like me, I mean, just live day to day, survival mode, just trying to get through, um, have fun was probably my biggest priority. Um, get a laugh if I could find one, um, get a little bit of excitement. Um, and that was really pretty much about how I lived my life up until Christ and things changed. Um, and the personal development that he brings to your life, it will affect your mind, uh, verse 6, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And right there is a great time to ask you a question. Are you experiencing life and peace? Because I never, up until Jesus Christ saved my life, I never knew what peace was and I never knew what true life was. And in order to experience life, 
I think I have to explain to you what life is. Um, obviously, it comes through Christ because Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay, so what does that life look like? Jesus said um, that there is no greater love than a man lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus said, if anybody wants to save his life, he must lose his life. But when he loses his life, he will find it. So I want to I want to tell you guys, true life and peace is found when you live your life for other people or other things. I mean, when you live your life for a higher purpose, um, a community or the greater good of another is where you find that peace and that life that that it's talking about right here. You have to give and sacrifice your life for the betterment of someone else. Um, and there's a whole there's a whole concept to that. I mean, first you have to experience Christ's salvation, um, and you have to get right, and then you have to really take to the scripture, study scripture, allow it to wash your soul, wash your minds, um, cleanse your life. Purge out all those things that are horrible. And that's when you live right. First you get right with Christ, live right. And then all of a sudden, God will call you to give back to other people what he's given to you. And a lot of people fail right there in that process that God begins to challenge people. He begins to call them to greater heights and to climb the mountain. Um, and, and what that looks like is giving back to other people. Well, that's where many people fail and they don't know God and get all that God has because they don't take that step of unselfishness and selfless giving. Um, verse 7, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. So right there, I want to I talk about one thing. Sinful nature is hostile to God. Okay, hostile to God means that it resists it or it's against it. Um, it's hostility. And many, many people, even Christians, claim everything bad comes from the devil. And that presents a hostility to God. Because what happens is if you're a, a child of God, a believer in Christ, is what happens is you turn your care and your will over to Christ. Therefore, God is in control of your life, fully and completely. And so right there we have to know that, you know, things that happen in our life are from God. And our sinful nature is what's hostile to God. It doesn't want anything to do with God. So we have to begin to subdue it. And we have to begin to follow. God's going to call us and challenge us. Um, and it, and it, for me, early on in my Christian walk, I went through a, a bunch of sickness, all kinds of different things where I could have given up. And I, I cried for about four months straight when I first got sober. I never knew who I was sober. And I had to meet my real true self and deal with some of the things I'd done in my life and didn't have addiction anymore to lean on. Um, but I faced a lot of testing and a lot of trials that were from God. And, and many people were telling me, oh, that's the devil. That's, that's the devil. No, it's not. It's God. And it was my sinful nature that was trying to resist moving forward um, in a relationship and the call that God had on my life. Um, but I'm very thankful that I, I continue to pursue God and answer those challenges. Um, so be mindful. Um, 
That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. See, that's the key, if. There's many people who don't have the Spirit that that are saying they do and think they do, but they don't. Um, and that that's very important, and that will help you to see why there are things in going on and all kinds of stuff. You got to have wisdom, guys. Verse 10, and Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. And verse 10 right there, that sin is the result, brings forth death. That's why we die, guys. It's because of sin. We were created to live forever. We were never created to die, but sin entered the world, and that's why people die. And, and that we don't really truly ever die as in ceasing to exist, but really death is more of a crossing over um, into eternity. Um, and life is really preparation. That's what life is. It's a dress rehearsal. It's a practice for the big show and, and the game. And you can see in creation, if you open your eyes and really pay attention, you seek out God and you want to know God, you can really see how... Things in our world, they relate to spiritual things, guys. It's not hard to make sense of, and that's part of walking with the Spirit is your eyes begin to open to a whole new light in life. You begin to see things through a new lens, um, and that's that's it's a beautiful thing. Um, verse 11, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, and just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal body by the same spirit living within you. Right there, it's the same spirit that lifted Christ up out of the grave. The very same spirit, it dwells in us and it's trying to lift us up out of the grave, but we have to be in agreement with it. We have to answer it and, and say yes to it. Whatever it looks like, those it's going to challenge you. I'm telling you, God, the spirit of God is going to challenge you. That's what he does. He brings testings and he's trialings. And he, he works difficulty in your life. It's not a always beautiful big blessing basket um, with a ribbon on it. It's difficulty, guys. Um, and that's why most people don't proceed and grow in grace and knowledge is because they quit. Or they don't have true knowledge and understanding to be able to see what's happening to them. Why is it happening to them? You know, because God's great intention is to develop character in you. Is he, he does not delight in big blessing baskets, um, fancy things in this world. That's not the true God. Um, and if that's the God you're looking for, be very careful um, because I can assure you he is way more interested in your character because that's what lasts for eternity than whatever kind of reward you're seeking. Um, verse 12, let's go on. I'm going to read because do, for time's sake. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through by the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. 
So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Wow, power-packed little scripture right there. Um, I love that that God's spirit, it does not make us a fearful slave, but it makes us a warrior, a champion. Uh, the Bible actually says those that know their God will do exploits, great and mighty things, warriors in life, champions. That's the call of God is he's going to show you who he created you to be, a mighty warrior, a lion um, in in. It says that we call him Abba Father, and I love this because this is one area where I struggle with probably the most of any was with my father. I was deeply wounded by my father. I missed him. I loved him. I still do. I wish he was still here on earth and I could have a relationship with him, but reality says he's gone. And so what what has happened with me is I have adopted a new heavenly father, and I'm telling you he has taken more of the role of a father in my life, a mentor, a guide, a leader. And I'm telling you, he is freed me from fear. Um, and I love the last verse that I just read that if we're going to share in his glory, which will be in eternity, we must also share in his suffering. So sufferings is a part of life, guys. Welcome it. Welcome it gladly. And I'm telling you, when you begin to do hard things, and you, you toughen up, you accept life on life's terms, whatever comes, I'm going to head it head on, and to God be the glory, because it's his strength. Um, verse 18, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his true children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up into this present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of the future glory. We long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. In the Father who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Guys, that's beautiful that we have the Holy Spirit of God making intercession within us, praying for us. He prays for us. It's beautiful. He watches our hearts and he says, Father, Shane needs strength. You know, Shane needs wisdom in this situation. He's asking God for those things on our behalf. How cool is that? Verse 28, and we know that God causes everything, everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to to his purposes for them. 
For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chose them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them the right to stand with himself. And having given them the right, he gave them his glory. Wow. Holy smokes. I'm ready. Are you? Let's go. Verse 31. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could be against us? Come on. I'm ready to go take America. Let's go. Verse 32. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give, every, give us everything else? Who dares accuse us? Whom God has chosen for his own, no one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever, ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, we're persecuted, hungry, destitute, danger, threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Man, that's a great, powerful scripture. No matter what comes, no matter if I die of starvation, my family dies in a car accident, no matter what I come up against, that God loves me no matter what. Um, and that he's working something good in all of that. And that is God who is doing that. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate me from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor demon, nor fear for today, nor worry about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above nor the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow, that's powerful stuff right there. Man, chapter Romans chapter 8, it's, it's great. you know. And I encourage you to go read it yourself and to take your time with it and dissect God's word and get the real truth and the meaning. Um, you'll really understand some great things. And I love how verse Romans 8 ends, uh, verse 35 on through 39. It really talks about the love of God. And you really need to get an understanding of how much God loves you. That he sent his son, you know, to die for you. Um, and that, that Jesus paid it all. He did it all. He died the death we deserve to die. Um, but he did that so we didn't have to. Um, you know, so I want to encourage you that wherever you're at in your life, quit blaming the devil for bad things. It's all God. It's all him. And just accept it and, and let him do what he's trying to do. Answer the challenges. Answer the call. He's trying to raise up some men, some leaders, some fearless leaders who really know their God and they know who they were created to be. And, and they know that they have power to plunder evil and, and, and take things on, man. So answer the call. Climb the mountain. Um, and don't blame demons. None of that stupid, weird, crazy crap. Just get on with the business. Jesus has a mission for you to do. 
Um, and it, it's more than just spiritual. It has to, you know, it mentally is a part of it. Emotionally, you have to really grow physically. Um, you know, all of that plays a part. You got to really allow Christ to take you on a journey of development. And it, it it's not just spiritual. Okay, if you're just spiritual, you're not getting it at all. You got to get the physical part. You got to get your body in shape. You got to get your mind disciplined to where you could say no to certain things. Um, that's fasting is very good for that. For you know, withstanding, you know, it'll develop self discipline. But you got to progress in all these areas intellectually. You got to. Uh, Continue to educate yourself. Read books. Um, stay in God's word. Stay faithful. Um, don't believe everything got you hear. Stay away from social media. Don't let it affect your life. Um, stay quiet. Keep your heart red hot towards Jesus Christ. And, and like he said in this chapter, that the Holy Spirit is praying alongside of us, helping us, you know, equipping us. Um, engaging us. So I want to encourage you, wherever you're at in your life, to, to get ready to pick up your sword and start slinging that thing. Um, and start fighting. Fight depression. Fight anxiety. Put yourself around some people. Tell them you need help. Open up. You know, talk to God. Share your real true feelings with them. Um, you know, get vulnerable. If you have secrets in your life, you're hiding stuff, you need to tell on yourself. Get those things out. Confess them. Um, and you'll find freedom. You know, and go to a church. Get yourself involved in a, a good church. And if you end up in a weird church, get out of there. Go to try a different one. Um, and God will open the doors, but you got to continue seeking God. Don't seek man. Don't look to man for answers. Don't look to the doctor. The doctor ain't going to help you. Wake up. Ask God, what's my challenges? Where are they at? And let's go get it. Thank you guys for listening. God bless you.